People are my passion, and this podcast is about just that. Life, love, careers, relationships, the ups, the downs, the funny, and sometimes not so funny things that happen along the way. I think that everyone has a story to tell, and I want to hear it. So join me weekly as I sit down with everyday people from all walks of life to find out what makes them tick. You are listening to Bright Minds with Ashmon. Is your dog or cat eating the most fresh, all-natural pet food they can? If you're not feeding them pet wants, then they aren't eating the most nutritious food available. Pet Wants is a locally owned pet food store specializing in all-natural, fresh pet food delivered right to your front door. Check out PetWants.com and set up your subscription today. And for my listeners, use the coupon code BRIGHTMINDS20 to get 20% off your first subscription order today. That's P-E-T. W-A-N-T-S dot com. Check them out, y'all. All right, you ready? Uh-huh. You're Why do I feel like I sound quiet? How are you feeling? I feel good. Okay. Okay. I'm feeling this. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everybody. It is season two opener of Bright Minds with Ashman. And I have got, oh my gosh, what if I bought your last name? Brittany Joy Fountain? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> like asked you that first hey girl hey Hey. (laughs) okay is joy really your middle name it is really my middle name that's fantastic yeah when i got married i dropped my maiden name you i think you had to i had to i mean it's so perfect yeah and i um don't really know you except i feel like i've known you forever but i have done some serious internet stalking and um joy is just so perfect for your middle name i really i mean your posts like make me happy, which I feel like is the opposite effect a lot of social media has, right? Well, I think, I mean, by and large, we're monetized now to be bipolar, like not bipolar. That's weird. <laughs> we can get that. <laughs> we'll start again. <laughs> start again. Um, by and large, we're just, people are monetized to be extreme. Yes. So either you're super negative and that's how you get a lot of attention from people or you're super positive and it's not really real life. That's true. So if you can live in the middle and just be real, I think it does bring a lot of like authentic joy to people. I, I am subscribing to this. Like I really, I also found myself like just, um, kind of muting people or unfollowing people that stopped bringing me joy. Like the, 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 I went on Facebook for a few years and I was like, or I could just like not be in tune with the people that are bringing me down, making me feel sad, you know, shocking alert. You can unfollow these people. (laughs) Unfollow them, filter your people. I do it weekly. Um, you know, if somebody feels good one week and it doesn't the next, that's fine. You can change your mind. Right. Yeah. So guys, um, Brittany, I've been talking for like 30 minutes before we hit record. And I really wish we were recording the whole thing. So I'm hopefully going to try to go back and like add in some of these fun combos we just started. We've really been just chit-chatting since you got here. The whole time. Very fun. She's from here, which, you know, so is my husband. And there's just so many fun connections and a lot happening in the world. Like we've got a lot to, a lot to talk about. Okay. So one of my favorite things that's come out of this podcast is meeting new people. Like this has been so fun. And people have asked me how I get my guests on here. And I, truly, I don't even know if I have an answer <laughs> Some of, I mean, a lot of them I've approached. There's people I knew when I started this that I wanted to be on. But to be honest, one of the ways it's growing now is a friend of a friend. Like I have people listening mm-hmm. and they will reach out and suggest that I have somebody on the show. 
So um, I have to say that Amanda Leggett has been so kind and so supportive from day one of me starting this, mm-hmm. which is not shocking because she is so kind. Not at all. Um, but I haven't seen her in years. She was in a book club with me and then she moved and we just, you know, we didn't keep up. So I have no clue how you guys even know each other. So Amanda and I met when we were working at Live Oak Bank. I believe that's where we met. We might have met previously. Huh. I didn't know that she worked there. She did. Okay. So she was there for a bit before I feel like she's so creative. I can't picture her. Wait, that did not no shade to Live Oak. You can be creative and work there. I just picture her doing what she's doing now, but keep going. Sure. So she was working working at Live Oak, and I believe that's where we met. We may have met somewhere else previously, but I believe that's the first place we met. Do you know Kaylee's Soul? I do. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, keep going. Yeah. No, so – but Amanda just has that energy that she wants to support people doing good things, and – we just sort of naturally gravitated towards each other. Yes. Um, and when she moved and she has three boys now and I have three, three boys. boys. Oh, I bet their um, ages kind of now that I'm thinking about it, they match up. Yeah, they really do. Um, and Adam, her husband, is just super fantastic. Um, so we've just always stayed in touch. I um, love that. So I love that she suggested thought of this, me. <laughs> right? And I already feel like I'm like, I get it. I feel like we're going to be friends. Yeah. So fun. That's awesome. Okay. So I've thought I did my homework until we start talking a few minutes ago, but <laughs> got a lot of secrets. A lot of secrets. I know, right? I don't think some of those things you probably broadcast on your LinkedIn page. Um, that was my favorite when I had to tell you I was going to your LinkedIn page. So, but you know, I wish it really wouldn't tell you when I was creeping on you. Um, I think it's fine. Um, so just trying to do my homework. I know what you're doing these days, but back me up from like post college, like where you went to school and what you did post college to kind of led you to where we are now. Yeah. So I'm from Wilmington, like you mentioned, and then I stayed and went to UNCW. Okay. Which at the time, nobody stayed here. Everybody went to NC State or Chapel Hill or Appalachian. Everybody just had to get out. Do you have, what are, do you have feelings on this now that you have your own kids? Like, um, would you, how do you feel about them staying versus? So I stayed because the deal was, is that my mom would pay for my tuition. Okay. But room, housing, books, insurance. That's on you. Cell phone, everything was on me. Insurance. Jeez. Yeah. Tough so, ship over there. Tough, tough ship. Tight tough. ship. <laughs> All right, keep going. My mom was not having it. <laughs> um, so I stayed just out of being practical. Like I had a job here. I knew Smart. that I could support myself here. I knew that if I went to another city, the um, there's a risk of not being able to have a job that's going to pay your bills and maybe the cost of living would be higher. So UNCW is great and I'm super happy that I stayed, but at the time it was not, you know, a very romantic decision by any means. Sure. But, um, it, was, but it was smart. I mean, when you think about the debt that would have oh, yeah, come absolutely. from another way. And my mom was a banker. Um, and student loans was just never even a conversation. So she was, you know, we, you don't go into debt. You don't take out debt that you don't need. And so at the time, it was – I was working 40 hours a week. Wow. I switched jobs that I needed to. Like, were you waitressing? No. I <laughs> I worked for a boutique one year. Oh. I worked for a mortgage company one year. Okay. I was a um, teller at a bank. This is um, explaining so much about you that we're going to get to later where, because I feel like you're so busy still, but this, you were working four hours a week and going to college. And going to college. Oh my I was on gosh. the dance team. I volunteered. What? It was just like, looking back, I'm like, how did I do that? I feel tired of <laughs> saying that. Jeez. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, but UNCW was great. Um, and then after UNCW, um, I graduated in 2007, which was like Same-sies. the worst time to graduate. Yeah. There were like no jobs um, and the, the world was crashing down. No jobs. <laughs> I just <laughs> bought my first house um, before I graduated. And so, of that course, so impressive. immediately you're underwater because the housing crisis, yeah. you know. Um, so I got a job 
doing technical recruiting. So I lived in Raleigh and then Charlotte, and then I moved back to Wilmington. I worked for Verizon. So when I listened to your podcast with, the with, Bechtels? with Wes, yeah. You knew him too? I was like, I knew oh he was familiar. <laughs> this, we literally know everybody the same. Everybody. Like, I can't wait to deep dive into this. Everybody. Um, Wes is so funny, by the way. So funny. Yes, he's fantastic. Um, and it, the, I've been looking at them since they bought Bimbalatis, and I was like, why do I know him? Goals in Verizon, which I right. cannot picture. So that's so funny. And it's so funny. He mentioned it on there. He was just like, Verizon's actually a great gig. I was like, it. And paid for him to get his MBA. Did I you took, do the same thing? I took it. I didn't finish, but I took okay. my classes um, because while I was at Verizon, I started to apply to go into the Peace Corps. Wow. Got accepted, got my placement. I feel and- like my notes are garbage. This is so much more interesting <laughs> than anything I have written down. <laughs> but um, I reconnected with a friend from college and he was applying to go into the Peace Corps too. And at the time he was living overseas. Um, but very quickly it was like, oh, this is turning into something else. Okay. And so he came home. I met his family. He proposed. Wait, I feel like we're rushing this. I know. So he was your friend. Is he from here? He's not, but he went to UNCW. Okay. Um, so you knew him. So we knew each other. He dated one of my friends in college. Okay. Like, he was an athlete. I was like, is this weird? Um, I don't know. I <laughs> she it, might be listening. So we'll I, go. It now. Be. Um, <laughs> it didn't feel weird. I mean, they certainly weren't connected at this point. It had been years. But, okay. Um, I think it it was probably like just more confusing of like why, why is this now? turning into something? Yeah. I, I you were my my friend. I kind of like um, that though. You guys have some history, but not that. You know, that's you've got something to build it on. Yeah. This foundation. Yeah. 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 And um. So anyway, so he came home and proposed and we asked the Peace Corps if we could go together. And they were like, you can't go unless you've been married for 12 months. And so we withdrew from the process. Oh, um, do you have any regrets? I would have liked to go. I have a little bit of gypsy in me okay. where yeah. I, I'd love to go and experience new and love to help people. That's just like a core part of who I am. Um, but we talked about it. We're like, maybe this will just be something we do when we retire. Um, I love that. Yeah. So when the 12-month mark hit, on your one year anniversary, like we should we give this a go, or was life already full speed ahead in some other direction? It was full speed ahead. Okay. Um. So he was actually working in Saudi Arabia before he proposed. Um. And after the Peace Corps told us that they wouldn't send us together, his employer reached out and said, "Hey, can we renew your contract?" What's he doing in Saudi Arabia? He was um working for a university over there. He was their activities director. Um. I okay. Know, I know. <laughs> He's so. Good. I need to meet this guy. Okay. <laughs> um. But so he looked at me and he was like, what do you think? And I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. I'll take this other adventure instead. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we went to Saudi Arabia and I was there for like nine-ish months before I came home for Ramadan because um, I was offered a job to teach English at a business school for women. Okay. And um, came home before everything shuts down so I could send my stuff to the embassy and have them change my visa from resident to employer. Okay. So you were going to teach at this school in Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. Okay, keep going. And the embassy held my passport and would not call me back. And because three months went by. Okay. Nothing. So, so you're here. I'm here. He's in Saudi Arabia. He came back for Ramadan. At this point, he had gone back because his job. And I'm at my mom's house. No. In As a Valley. grown married adult, like back As with your mom. What? Grown adult. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? And this is our first year of marriage. This is wild. Yeah. And I'm like, why? What? And so finally they reached out to him and they said, your wife has left the country improperly and she's banned for two years. Stop. Can't. And <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? 
Well, I was like, wait, well, how did you do it improperly? So as a woman at the time, so this was 2012. Okay. Um, so at the time. I don't know any of the Saudi Arabia laws, past, present, future, but yeah. go ahead. So um, not a lot of rights as a woman. Um, so to, in order to leave the country without Daniel, because I'm there as his wife, in order to leave without him, I had to have a visa issued by the government that says I'm allowed to travel alone. And so I, got I can barely process this information. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a piece of paper. It's sure. all in Arabic. I can't read Arabic. Um, Why? So, <laughs> so weird. Um, so came back, sent everything to the embassy. And whatever was on that visa, I violated a timeline or something. But I don't know what. Wow. So on paper, it looks like I had fled the country and left my husband. Um I wish you could see my face right now. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and when you do that, they at the time, they would put a hold on you for two years. Okay. So you are not suitable to come back into our country because of this activity that you just demonstrated. Um, and his employer was like, we can fight it. And I was like, I just, I had a great experience I don't know if there. I want to go back, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I had a great experience there. The Did you have to be like covered up when you were there? I wore um, like the burqa. Yeah. Um, I carry the headscarf just in case we were in an area where I just needed Felt to be. Felt like a, a conservative? Needed a to be more, more conservative. Okay. Um, but I did not have to wear. Like just where your eyes are. Mm -hmm. Okay. I sound so unintelligent. Um, I couldn't think of any of the words. It's not though because, well, so much has changed over there. So at one point there was a religious police and they could come and cane you if you're not going to the mosque to pray during the call to prayer. Wow. Um, women are now allowed to vote and drive over there. They were not allowed to That's do that amazing. when I was there. We had so much progress yeah. in 10, 11 years. I know. Okay. Um, but it, I mean, again, with all of this, I had a really beautiful experience. Um, I was the only Western woman in the city. So wow. all of these families took us in and- did you learn any Arabic? I can you say something? Um, I could say like "Salam alaikum." What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like "Peace be with you." Oh, I love that. Um, okay. And so, like, you would respond and say "Malaikum salam," um, but really, people just wanted to practice their English with me. They threw yeah. us a Saudi wedding, um, so that was cool. oh, that's so fun. I need um, pictures. You're going to send me some. I will. After. Okay, <laughs> I will, I will. this is amazing. Um, but anyways, all of this to be said, we basically said like. It was a wonderful experience, but I don't want to push my way back into this a, a sure. country that's, you know. Has asked me not to come back for, told me not to come back for two years. <laughs> and yeah. it was, this is during the time of Arab Spring. And so there was a lot of unrest um, in Egypt moving into Yemen. And we were in a city that bordered Yemen and we weren't in danger. But at the same time, it's just sort of like, do we want to fight? to be here where we're not really sure what the future looks like. So I have a really embarrassing confession yeah. that whatever, most of my friends know this about me. Anyway. Uh -huh. Geography is like, so I'm so horrible at it. Like I'm feeling embarrassed as you're talking. I'm like, hmm, wonder where are these like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a really like my Achilles totally heel. Like I can't, I don't know. I don't no. know where anything is. I can't. It's really, I'm thinking that when Trip goes back, like when he's in school and he really starts like diving into geography, I'm just going to sit down with him every day and like learn it. Oh yeah. That sounds like a, a proper time, right? Well, you know. What happened the first time around? I don't know. I, like I showed up those days. I don't know. <laughs> I have lost full memory of some classes that I took in college. Okay. Like, good. Same. When I look back at transcripts, I'm like, wow. Oh, I got an A in that? What is that? <laughs> you took creative writing. Good for you. Well, you know, <laughs> that checks out, Brittany. I mean, I think we, yeah, we're going to get there. Okay. So he ends up, uh, clearly he's going to, he leaves Saudi Arabia then too. You guys end up back here yes. in Wilmington? Well, so um, I was in Wilmington. All of my clothes were in Saudi Arabia <laughs> because we had planned on being there for years. Oh my and goodness. And so um, 
after. Why do I feel like you're 20 years older than me? You I, have lived a lot of life. <laughs> Love this. We're the same very exact old. age. I'm very <laughs> old. Um, so it was like, well, I need to get my clothes back. And he said, I'll come back um, to the US and bring you your clothes. And then we'll just sort of figure out what's next. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, you're not going to fly all the way back here to bring me a suitcase. I will meet you in Paris. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> Deal. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. The next holiday they had, I met him in Paris. And we basically, like, we stayed there and we went to Rome. Um, oh, I love this. At the end of our two weeks, like, he gave me my suitcase full of my stuff. Yeah. And he went back to Saudi Arabia. And I came back to the U.S. And we were like, okay, pivot. Okay. <laughs> pivot. <laughs> Oh, I love that word. It's true. You got to do that in life. You know, if you can't do that, you're going to be, you're yeah. going to be in trouble. And I'm still, I mean, Wilmington's grown so much. I mean, being here for 37 years, but. Is it tough to watch? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, a lot of people say that. They're like, you know, it's not like it used to be. Sure. And I'm like, thank God. So Stephen grew up off Middle Sound Road. And so he's like, it basically like ended there in his mind. You know, he's oh, like, yeah. there, and now that we're in Porter's Neck, he's like, this just like didn't it exist. It didn't exist. It's wild. And yeah. even I've been here 15 years and watched this area. I mean, the whole Walmart, the all the shots, like that was trees even when I was here. Yeah. Just crazy. But I mean, even just like in terms of opportunity, like yeah. in 2012, there's not a lot of places to work. Sure. So we ended up moving to D.C. Um, oh. So he's from the D.C. area. So we moved there, got a job immediately, you know. That's where I feel like when I graduated, everyone went to D.C. or New York City. And they right. were so fun, so many jobs. Yeah. I don't know. I, I w- Again, I never like to have regrets, but why didn't I try that? I know. Well, I mean, hey, because it's here. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're at the beach, on the beach with the job. And like living my best life. That's yeah. right. Um, and so we were there for about a year and a half before we moved back to Wilmington. Okay. So then you worked at Live Oak. I did. And when, okay, what point in your career were you like, you know what? This corporate world is not for me. Like I want to start my own. It's all actually coming together for me now because I feel like you've got this like <laughs> wild free spirit, but you're also like grounded and smart and all the things. So when were you like, I want to do something, I want to make a difference. I want to do something on my own. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with small businesses my whole career. Um, okay. So sales in some capacity in almost every way. So even when I was at Verizon, I was working with um, credit approvals for small businesses or for oh, government agencies. Cool. Okay. Um, so there's always just been this link to driving small business forward. Um, I worked for a dramatic pathology company. So I worked with um, doctors across Virginia, D.C. and Maryland, teaching them how to drive their business forward. Um, and Again, so I'm like, where do you have time to do all these things? That's <laughs> awesome. But it was fun because it was all about, you know, finding out who people are. Sure. And what they want out of life and what's the legacy that they want to live and how can you help them get there. And so Brittany, I love that. Yeah. Um, Live Oak was such a beautiful transition when I came back to Wilmington to fall into that because – that's what they do. I mean, they empower the American dream for small business owners all across America. I've I I've been here since Live Oak and Sino came to town. I mm-hmm. like love what they're doing. The people that work there are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like we've met people from the top down. Like I love it. Yeah. Yes, that's wonderful. It's just good people, and um, and, and some- our friends that work there have been so thrilled with their experience. Like I feel like it's just been a game changer. Yeah, I mean, those companies are sort of like unicorns in yeah. in the industry to begin with, but to have 
all of these companies that are here in Wilmington. It's like, God, how lucky are we? Right? Yes. Um, oh, I was. I think I wanted to work there for a hot second. Like, you guys have like a doggy daycare and like <laughs> uh, like a food place on here. You know, like this was I know. awesome. So my mom was a commercial banker in town for 25 years. Um, so all these pieces together, like, these, every, yeah. yeah, it's just the synchronicities that, you know, came together. And it wasn't so much that I wanted to leave the corporate world. I'm actually a huge advocate for corporate America for large um, like government agencies, like they are just needed giants. Right. Um, as much as I've, you know, championed the small business. It's like, we need, it takes all types. It we takes we, all we types. gotta have it all. You sure. need to have a diverse ecosystem in order for us to exist. Um, for me, it just got to the point where I was like, you know what, I, I didn't set out to be a banker and I don't think that this is it. And I'm young enough, I can pivot. Yeah. Let me just close out this chapter take a beat and see what's next. Okay. And that's really how the transition to me having my own business started, um, even though that was never really like the plan. Which I still, and I think you needed all that experience because the thought to for me personally of, of starting my own business is paralyzing fear. Like I would have mm -hmm. no clue yeah. what to do, but you had worked with so many different aspects. I feel like you, yes. at least, I, I'm not kidding. I, have, I would have no clue what the first thing I, if I had a great idea, I'm like, now what? Right. <laughs> well, it's just so great because I mean, starting a business is, you know, it sounds exciting. Like, you know, if you have that bug in you, it's like, oh, this is going to be yeah. great. But I've actually seen the good, bad, and the really ugly. Like where you lose it all and then I'm like, where yes. you lose it all, yeah. you lose your family, you know, yeah. the whole kit and caboodle. Um, so I, you know, again, stepping into it, it's not something I was like, I, I want to be a small business owner. Well, yours is different um, too. It's, it's to realistic. me, it's like a service for something tangible, yes. you know, like that makes it completely different too. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like we're all jumping around, but like, okay, tell us what you do because I, okay. I loved it. I went on your website and I was like, again, I felt uplifted, but I was going, what's a, what's immersive alignment? Like, I don't know. But like, I, I felt, I loved yeah. the feel of your website. I loved everything about it. Yeah. But tell us what you do. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, so what I do is I work with small businesses, nonprofits, basically organizations of all size to go in and I say, is what you're saying and doing matching up with who you say you are? And if it's not, where are the changes that we can make to this, either in language or in process, to start bringing these things back into an alignment? Because that what makes so much sense. Right. Yes. What happens is oftentimes not by, you know, intent. It's just by the way the business runs and losing focus on these sorts of things there becomes a little bit of misalignment and either the employees are experiencing it and there's an undercurrent of mistrust and confusion or the customer is experiencing it and they're like, I don't understand what's happening. This is not what I signed up for. And they start to either disengage from the company or they don't refer as they used to. And what you have is you have a business model that's not operating at its highest and best. So I started looking at businesses in town um, that were owned by my friends and they were like, something's wrong. Like we've had a lot of- I was of just going to ask you how you got your yeah. first client. So keep going. Okay. Yeah. They're like, something's off. You know, our sales are up, but we've had a lot of turnover with our staff or um, like this- Which is painful. Yeah. Painful. It's painful for the staff. It's painful for the owner. It's painful for the customer. It's just a disjoined experience for everybody. Right. And I started looking at it, which again, to your point about working for the bank, it's like I have a little bit of financial background. So I can look at the finances and the numbers and I say, you know, what story does the, do the numbers tell? And they do. They tell a part of the story. But then getting in there and seeing, okay, so if I'm going through this process, what feels off to me? And most times, 
it is because we've somehow lost focus of the human connection. So interesting. Yeah. With people as employees or as customers, like we are all people. Like we just want to be seen, known, yes. and heard. And for whatever reason, that has lost focus and loses. Like the money part maybe takes over and the well, or like something else or is just the process. Yeah. So the actual process of fulfilling an order or the actual process of dealing with supply chain or the actual process of losing staff your focus is just pulled. Right. So if we can get back in here and make, create meaningful moments, either within the team or from business to customer, where people are engaged and they feel that human connection, what will that do to the business? Will you operate better? Will you have a higher revenue? Will there be a better profitability from it? All signs point to yes. So do you have these examples now when you have a new client, like some tangible, something to show them, like this is when I came into this business, what they would look like, and this is what they looked like when I left? There are examples like that, but everybody's different. Sure. So here's an example. I was speaking with a group and basically it's new leadership and it's a new team and there's a lot of discourse within the team. Well, some of it is just because we haven't said what actually is recently and because half the team is working remote and half the team is working in the office. Which is challenging in itself. There's a disconnect between, well, why are they doing this? Gotcha. You might have been told why they were doing that six months ago when you started the team. But because that's not a regular part of conversation, that's now a blank space in your head that you've allowed to fill with whatever your own narrative is. This is making so much sense. I feel like everyone listening is applying it to their own field right now and being like, yes. Right. Or even with your kids, yes. right? Yeah. Pick up your clothes. Why do I need to pick up my clothes? Because they're going to get sour on the floor and then your room is going to stink and you're not going to be able to wear that shirt again. Is Because it drives me nutty, a good example? I, or no? exactly. <laughs> yes. Is that a reason? But like, How many times do you have to tell your child something in order for them to create the habit for it and to know the truth in it? And it's the same thing with our employees. They're people. Kids are people. Employees are people. Yeah. Customers are people. We take it for granted how many times we need to say something and how many times we need to say something with clear language and how many times we need to re, um, reiterate what the why is because we think you're an adult, you should know. And it's like, it's not that I'm simple. loving this. My own company has just started this like campaign of know your why mm -hmm. and trying to, which I don't like to talk about my actual job when I'm on here, but um, just trying to well, refocus people on why we do what we do because mm -hmm. it is, it can be very sensitive and personal and you forget it. You know, you get so in the grind and that's been their whole, and we have these videos out on LinkedIn, like everybody mm -hmm. knowing their why. And I think that's really interesting. You just said that. Yeah. I mean, so it, things like birthdays, you know, we don't celebrate the birthday as a company because the manager takes care of it. Do they take care of it? No. Oh. What happens when that person goes home? What if they don't have a family? What if their family has just left them? What if their partner has just died and they go home and there's nobody there to remind them that it's their birthday and they're loved and they're celebrated as a person, not as an employee, as a person. So what would it mean if we sent them a birthday card in the mail? So oh. when they got home- Brett, that's so cute. And like poignant. Yes. I'm like, that makes sense. Right. I love that. And then when you're looking at broader issues, you know, um, so from a professional standpoint, disengagement, productivity, employee churn, all those things, but depression, anxiety. Um, Which are all so prevalent. And so yeah. prevalent. We have copious amounts of research that tells us human connection is the key, yeah. is the antidote to these things. I love this. So if we can now switch our focus to say, what can we do for people as people? 
oh, and by the way, that does drive our business forward. What will that look like? Um, and I think we're starting to see it. And it's it's a new concept. So it's a new concept to say, let's talk about culture with a when human did you, focus. When did you start this business? Um, I forget. I'm like, I think I looked that up. But it I don't started forget. in 2022. Oh, um, my. So it's very okay. new. Um, but it is funny. Um, I just replied to an email yesterday, and my original thread was from 2018. No way. That was talking about the same thing. Pretty. This is um, so cool. Isn't I that love funny? it. I feel like so excited to see where this journey takes you. This is really new. I think it is. I think it'll be good. It's interesting. Um, you know, it's scary. You're yeah. putting something sort of new and uncharted out into the world and you're like, are people going to understand? Is this just in my head? Right. This makes a lot of sense to me, but is it going to make sense to everybody else? So can I ask this? Yeah. I, I can't remember if I asked you if I shouldn't ask anything on air, but nope. here we are. Um, are you seeing that you're getting new clients all the time? Are you working with someone and they tell somebody else? Is it your friends who have businesses? Like, how are you getting these clients right now? So I announced that I was doing this in December of 2022. And my goal for the first 12 months, I was like, I'm just going to put content out there. This is a new concept. It's sort sure. of unchartered. People think culture and you automatically think HR or <laughs> right <laughs> or culture. And they're like, is this a marketing tactic? Yes. And, yes. You know, is this sales? It sounds like it's going to drive, drive up revenue. This has to be a sales ploy. And it's like, no, this is separate and it's sovereign. It's completely different. It's completely different. Yeah. So I thought for the first 12 months, I'd be putting out content, sort of explaining my methodology and ideology and just the research that backs up why we should be focusing on human connection. And within the first month, I had my first speaking engagement, my first client book. No way. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Were they complete strangers? They were not complete strangers. Okay. Um, it doesn't so, matter. I was just curious if somebody just happened to see your post and no. just go, I, I need this girl to come. No, no, no. Okay. Um, but since then, I have three clients that have been added to it that are complete strangers. I um, love so, this. two word of mouths and then three complete strangers. Very um, cool. And so, it's fun. It's um, what's been like the most challenging part so far? Oh, I think it's more of being in my head. Of um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm familiar with this feeling. <laughs> I, I love that I'm the first guest um, for season two because I'm the middle child, oh. and so so much of my life has been how can there's a for sure right psychology behind that. Oh, yeah, there's there absolutely yes. a syndrome. Okay, <laughs> so it's you know how can I how can I navigate making sure that everybody's good? Are we all good? Are yeah. we all good? Okay, we're all good. Great. And just sort of flying under the radar in a lot of ways. Now, I'm, I self-describe myself as a bold person. So it's not that I am timid in any sure. way. But whenever I do speak about things that are sort of unchartered or um, topics that maybe aren't even open for discussion yeah. in a lot of ways, I'm always shocked when people like me. Interesting. I'm like, oh, you like me. Okay. <laughs> How about that? I think it's just sort of maybe it's you know being a bold woman is like I feel like I'm always right, too I'm much. Trying, like, is it a confidence thing? Is it a yeah? What I think I always have felt like I'm a bit too much because I am bold. Again, I'm um, like feeling you on this. Right. Yeah. Um. So whenever, like I always try to think about what people say about me after I'm like I can I'm sure I can be a lot. Right. I and love to chit chat. I mean, real experience of people that I've worked for who have said like you're not wrong, but sit down. Okay. And well, like, that doesn't feel great. Right. And it's like. <laughs> okay, so maybe we're not all into hearing new things yeah, um, or exploring different ways of being. Um, and so it's been great. I mean- Brittany, are you doing this all by yourself? I'm doing it all by myself. Wow. I know. That is so impressive. Yeah. Did your husband work full-time? He does work full-time. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure he had to be like the sounding board for all of these things. God bless a good man behind oh. the sounding board. <laughs> Stephen Bright, thank you. Shout out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he works full-time. Um, so we have- 
three kids. And so that keeps us busy too. It's just been, it's, it's just a lot of reassessing what success is for myself versus for other people. Um, and also sort of taking, you know, like, oh, success has come pretty early with this. Okay. So what does that actually look like? And how do we want to drive this forward? And what actually is Do doable? you have like some of these things set, like mapped out goals wise? Are you like a, I, I've asked this question a few, like a vision board person, uh, here's where I see my business. Like you just said the first year, your goal is to get, just get the content out there mm-hmm. where like, do you have an idea of where you see yourself being or hopefully ideally in five years and 10 years? Yeah. So what I would love to be doing is to have one to two long-term service contracts with companies. Okay. So going in, getting in the weeds. I love a mess. Like I love a mess. <laughs> like it just lights me this up. This is so great. Yes. There are some folks who look at challenges and they're like, that feels too much. Hard pass. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> here we go. Um, and so one to two companies get in there, build out a team for them that's separate and sovereign from marketing or HR or sales or whoever. And be able to lift out in two to three years and go on to the next. So I have no interest in having 80 active clients or building out a team I was myself. just thinking like for you to hire someone mm-hmm. that would be very unique in itself who does what you do. Like yeah. if you got that big, which would be lovely. Yeah. But how do you find another Brittany to go to, to another business, what you've been doing? I th- One, because my goal would be to build out a team within a company. I think that it is possible to bring on people to do sure. and train them to do what I do and have the eye and sort of uncouple themselves from the bias that they come from to be able to determine like, what exactly are we looking for? Yeah. Um, I, in my deepest place in my soul, I think that this is going to be the norm for companies in the next 10 years. As you're saying this, I swear I was over here thinking like, I can see this mm-hmm. being like a shift needed to be made. Like yes. the, the world is different. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is something that we didn't know we needed, but now that I'm hearing it, I'm like, we need this. Yeah. And, and I think that companies, I work for a very large company are yeah. seeing it. Mm-hmm. And just not quite sure how to implement how to do it. it. How to do it. Yeah. They're, um, so Deloitte is. Oh, I'm stoked. 10 years from I'm like, I knew that girl. She was on my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. I mean, there are companies that are taking steps towards doing things similar to this. So Deloitte is really good about structuring new departments based on what is needed and what is recognized as needed for their people. So they have a chief well-being officer. They just have a, a chief well-being officer. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic. I've n- I never knew that. Right. They have a um, chief purpose officer um, because whenever you spread focus, you know, if you have somebody who is in charge of hiring, but they're also now DE&I, like we're not focused. So if there's- Wait, say that again? So if you're in charge of hiring- D-E-N, what does that mean? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. So if you are doing one role and they tack this onto there, how much focus are we really providing to either of these? Gotcha. Something is going to get missed. So if D-E-N-I is important to a company, theoretically, there's going to be somebody who lays focus to that. In the same way that we see with HR and marketing, and marketing was not always its own department. It wasn't its own department. Wasn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sales was not always its own department. Like Asia. somebody's, which when you think about my, like my day to day, how many things I'm doing that are outside my actual, mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to be doing, right. but I know it's so, all going to get started somewhere. Yeah. So I, Interesting. I think now that we know, and there's a lot of data that is on the forefront of um, the market right yeah. now, that we know that these really key issues that are affecting our workforce, the antidote is human connection. You have to place focus there. I am very excited about this. Yeah. This is so cool. <laughs> okay, so when I was looking at all your stuff, one of the other things that I kept finding is some articles that you've had published, and I I thoroughly read through a lot of your like bl- 
do we call them a blog still? Like your blog yeah. post? Yeah, yeah, You're such a talented writer. Yeah. Is that something that you're passionate about that you could see going, like going somewhere? Is there, is there like, I thought when you said deep in my soul, I'm like, are you gonna write a book? Like, what are we gonna do with this writing? Cause you've got a gift. Well, thank you. I am, um, I do like writing. I do it more of like a thought dump. So anything that's out there is really just me thinking about something and writing it out. And I've done it a few times um, for either myself or for, you know, my mom's nonprofit that she started. Um, sometimes with work, just putting out either encouragement or reasoning or things yeah. to my co colleagues. Um, now that I have my own business, it's nice to be able to do it in ways with topics that I'm like, this is important. So passionate and about. I need to put you it can out there. feel that in your writing. It's so authentic, and you can. Some people are missing that or lacking that. You know, like I felt like I, again, I'm not. I don't even. Knew, let me try this again. I didn't even know what you did, and I felt like I wanted to keep reading more, knowing more. Like you can feel that through your writing. Yeah, which is really a talent. Thank you. So yes, much. I love really it. Nice. All right, so you did just mention your mom's nonprofit, and we did um, speak briefly about this. I hope that's okay. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I know that you told me your mom had passed away from ovarian cancer because it was one of the things I did want to talk to you about too because I kept finding your involvement in this like cancer research. So how tell me when she started this nonprofit and how that's going. Yeah, so um, my mom started a nonprofit in 2014. So her diagnosis with ovarian cancer came December 24th of 2013. That is just, that day is brutal. Like So brutal. Do you find yourself around Christmas just... I, you know, feeling the feels like in a, it's funny. Um, for, so she's passed away in 2018. So it's been five years now. And for, I would say until this year, it's always around the week of her death that I just start feeling very intense feeling. Yeah. And I couldn't quite pinpoint it because I'd never bookmarked the date of her death, but my body knew it's That's like my so body crazy. Yes. You know, your body keeps the score, right? Um, what our bodies are capable of and telling us that we don't always listen to just blows my mind. Right. Yes. Um, because for some people, you know, it's a peaceful passing. And so, but that's just not the way it always is. So if anybody right. out there is listening to this and you expect that it's going to be peaceful and it's not, you're not alone. Um, it's important to hear. Yeah, it is yes. important. Um, so it was a very gnarly last week. And so it's usually that week of January where my body starts to re to feel things. And yeah. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, this, this was it. So what do you do with that? Um, one, I'm cognizant of it. Which um, is probably like very important step. Right. Like in letting yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah allowing yourself to feel, to feel it mm -hmm. and just to recognize, you know, why it's there. Um, grief is funny. You know, people say like, oh, you know, it's easier as time goes on. It's not. Like, we don't know anything about grief. Like, it comes, it goes in ways that we can't explain. Talk about this a decent amount on my podcast because it's part of life. You know, sure. it's such a huge part of life. And I think it looks so different for everyone. And so I I don't want to say disagree, but I do think it gets um, – it's always there. But I do think it gets – I guess I would say easier because it became – my brother passed away when I was 16. And it became less of a – like, it went from a consumption, you know, all mm -hmm. day, every day to – I guess just less like I'm able to, you know, function yeah. and not to maybe think about it nonsense. I don't know. I yeah. do I do think it got easier. The holidays got a little easier, but it's still always part of me. Yeah. It definitely shifts you, you know, makes you into who you are. Yeah. And I think we grow. We continue to grow as people. Sure. And so the space of the grief stays within, but we have a larger capacity. It's a good way to put it. Um yeah. 
So, um, and five years does still seem really new. It is. You know, yeah. my mom, I never met my mom's mom. Um, she passed away before I was born, but my mom told me, I don't know, a few years ago that there's not a single day that goes by that she does not miss her or think about her. Like I oh, think yeah. that each, uh, you know, that's not to take away from anything, but I think it depends, you know, who you're losing. I think your mom's just right. Such a part of you. And then you having your own kids and days, she still said there's days I want to call her and ask her something, you yeah, know, you know, absolutely. I mean, so it's not so much December 24th, Christmas Eve. So, but it is that week of January. Yeah. Um, the following May after she was diagnosed, diagnosed in December of this mm -hmm. then come. Okay. So my mom was very well connected in the community. She was involved with every organization. Um, she was a community banker here That's for awesome. 25 years. Um, so everyone knew my mom and they wanted to support her, but she was fortunate where she worked for a company that had wonderful health insurance. She had a pension plan set up. I mean, she was financially fortunate in that sense right yeah. fortunate in that sense so with folks wanting to do stuff most of it's monetary people were like i don't know what to do can i yeah. give some money so there was a run um it was a 5k out in brunswick forest and they said you know beth we're going to give you the proceeds for this and we want you to be able to use this towards whatever and um it was on the way home from that i said you need to set up a 501c3 and she's like i don't know how to do that and i was like how hard can it be and so <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll go online I'll and pull yeah. the paperwork. Um, was it hard? No. Okay. Um, I mean, so here we go. So I pulled the paperwork. <laughs> we, you know, talked about a name. She set this up with her um, best friend, who's Mary Bartow. Um, and her and Mary. This is Jack Bartow's. This is Jack okay. Bartow's wife. Uh -huh. And so her and Mary um, set out to create She Rocks. Um, so 501c3, we had an attorney finish out the paperwork and send it in from North Carolina to get approved. Everything was approved. And we, she had her first fundraiser luncheon set up to go for September that year. This is so inspiring. Yeah. Fantastic. So she started raising a ton of money. Was we, this all for, was ovarian cancer? Or was it just cancer in general or specific? Okay. Specific to ovarian cancer. So ovarian cancer is a little bit different than what you find with a lot of other cancers, especially ones that affect females. Um, it's severely underfunded. There are no early diagnostic tools. The only thing that you know are really symptoms to be able to look out for. And the symptoms are just as casual as anything. So I think this is going to make everyone paranoid after you share these. Yes. I mean, so it's, it's like, like cramping. What is it? Oh, it's um, frequent urination. Oh, it's feeling full fast, um, pelvic pain. Um, it's, you know, shortness of breath. Huh. A, you know, it's so minute. They call ovarian cancer the silent killer because most people cannot catch it until they're in stage four, which is what my mom was. So we knew with raising this money, we have to give money to fund research for this. North Carolina, we are super fortunate that we have UNC um, Lineberger Cancer Center in Chapel Hill. They're a comprehensive cancer center, meaning that they provide clinical trials. They do research. They do um, actual treatment. It's a full comprehensive center within North Carolina. So we went up there and we met with a research doctor. Um, basically told her what we're looking to give to. And she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. And was she open to the, when you said, Hey, I want to meet with you. And this is why she was mm -hmm. just like, let's schedule. Oh, this is fantastic. They're the best. They're the best people up there. So, if, you know, God forbid you ever need anything yeah. or if you're just wanting to get involved with organizations, um, that are specific to cancer research, UNC this is the place. Yeah, is the place. Um, and then we also decided that we would keep about 25% of the funds local and provide that to Zimmer cancer center. I am just um, loving everything about this. Like what an amazing, you guys took something so shitty, excuse my language, yeah. and made it 
like the, how can we turn it around? How can we make something positive out of this horrible experience? So cards good. were being dealt. Yeah. And my mom, she was really good about that. She, you know, she immediately said that she was grateful. And I mean, that ticked me off in a lot of ways because I'm like, oh, you sound like chicken soup for the soul. Please <laughs> shut up. Like, how are you grateful? Um, she's, I feel like you were just like your mama. I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like I can like picture this, right? Yes. In more ways than I probably care to admit. Um, but yeah, so she lived, um, for four years after her diagnosis. Um, and in that time we raised over a million dollars. Um, Brittany, that's wonderful. Incredible. Yes. We provided, um, Zimmer Cancer Center with all of their cancer infusion chairs. Um, so, or chemotherapy infusion chairs. Yes. If you go in there. Actually, just through my job, I have been in there. That's so, I had no clue you guys have done all of that. Yeah. So um, what do people want to get involved with She Rocks? How do we do that? She Rocks still exists. It now exists in two markets. So it's in Wilmington. It's also in the triad area. So like Greensboro, High Point area. Um, so it's still going on but they just had their fundraiser for this year they did a shamrock i was like is it normally a 5k is it like a dinner is it a dance what do they do what's their big so we do have a 5k um so 5k was actually started by a girl who was in high school um her dad is on the board um so emma brown started a 5k and that girl's going places good for her in memory of her mom who passed away from ovarian cancer um and that's held every year here in wilmington in september and then there is another like large fundraiser that happens here in Wilmington. So this past year it was in March. Sometimes it's in September. Um, it really okay, so the Shamrock one was new. Uh-huh. How'd it go? It was fun. Great. Yeah, this was the first like evening event that they did. So there was a great auction and um, band yeah. and, you know, cocktails and the whole night So yard. fun. It was so fun. Yes. Um, for a great cause. Yeah, for a great cause. Yeah. Um, so they're still doing great things. And I rolled off the board, um, but I'm now on the board for UNC Lineberger Cancer Center as their board of visitors. Um, of course you are. So <laughs> in all your spare time. I know. So it's nice <laughs> to be able to like still carry on her legacy, even though I'm not directly involved with the organization anymore. That's absolutely amazing. So one of the topics I feel like I've covered a few times on here that I'm just so fascinated by, and I think it's it's just so common and so relatable, but how do you feel like you're balancing it all? I mean, you are a CEO, you are a wife, you're a mom, you're on boards, like you are doing all the things. Like how how are you doing it all? You can do it all. You just can't do it all at the same time. (laughs) Fair. And I think too, I mean, it's really just being honest with yourself. So in this season, what does work-life balance look like to me? Right. You know, it might look like I'm doing a little more work than it is I'm doing a little more life. Or my non-negotiable is I'm always going to be at my children's sporting events or whatever the case Whatever your thing is. Yeah. That's Um, a good one. I think it's just really being honest with yourself to be able to define it for yourself. If you can define it, if you can name it, then we can determine if it's working. The problem that. I yeah. think a lot of people have is that they, you know, I don't have any balance. Well, make does, some. <laughs> does, ba- does balance come daily to you? Like maybe that's not an accurate measure for the season of life. Maybe we need to determine balance in a six month period. Like are there three months that you're going full out and you yeah. can actually pull back for three months? What's the, what's the time period? I heard that once and I said this on my podcast with Megan Basie, but I, th- and it does look the balance, the self-care or whatever you want to call it. I feel like it does look different for everyone. And I was joking, except I wasn't joking. One of those, but I think I require more of it than the average show. Like I need to take care of myself, but it makes me a better mom, makes me yeah. a better employee, makes me a better wife. Yeah. But I need 
to have lunch with my girlfriends. Like I, I need to go out sometimes. Like that's just, and it looks different for everyone. Absolutely. But I need that. Well, and, and if I don't get it, I watch myself like unraveling. Right. And then everything, if I go down, this whole ship's going down. Right. And imagine if you couldn't name that, to, if you couldn't name that to yourself yeah. and to be able to take care of that, you know, area of your life that you know you need. Yes. Like that would be awful for everyone involved. It's true. I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. And I, ju- I think I said I was selfish. This is not true. I just really know that if I take time for myself, I am the best version of myself mm-hmm. for my family and that's what they need from me. Yeah. You know? I know. I feel the same way. So do your siblings live here? I know you said you're a middle child. Yes. Yeah. That's so, so fun. My older sister lives here. My younger sister lives out closer to Asheville. Okay. Ooh, what a great place to go visit. I know. Steven's one of three and they all live right here too. And it's so fun. We get to see each other all the time. It's real cute. It is fun. I mean, we're literally all within seven miles of each other. Oh my gosh. Is that fun? I know. So what do you... The, Oh, I know I need to wrap this up, but now you have three kids. Do you find yourself treating your middle child, your middle son differently because you were the middle child? No. I Or like, how do I make him not have this like middle I, child syndrome? I am very cognizant of what I do with my kids. So, I mean, I had a beautiful childhood. I, like It seems like it. Like I can tell you just glow. Beautiful. Yes. It was very scrappy too. So my mom was a single mom for a long time. We were um, low income, like food stamps. Builds character. Yeah. The whole yeah. king caboodle. Um, I was the free lunch kid at school, like the whole thing. Yeah. And um and it was hard. My mom worked three jobs. Um she I she don't sounds so amazing. She was amazing. Like I want to know her. That's awesome. Um, but I don't really have a lot of memory. She I don't have memory of her coming to like my dance events. I don't have memory of her being still to hug me. I don't have these memories that are super core to how I raise my kids now. That's really so, interesting. So, um, you know, when I go to my kids games, like I am loud, I'm cheering for my kids. Not, yeah. n- no shame in that game. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, yeah. You're going to know that I'm here. I'm standing up for you. I will I'm embarrass you, you and you will appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. I'm going to celebrate yeah. you so hard. One day you're going to, you know, and same thing. I'm still with my children to be able to hug them in the kitchen and to tell them that I love them and to be able to hear that back from them. I love that. Not because my mom didn't, but she was just so busy. Which is so, I mean, I feel like I respect her so much. She was doing the best she can. And you know, if you knew you, she loved you. I always say that, like if I'm doing everything wrong at the end of the day, my kids know I love them and that's got to get me somewhere. Right. That's it. That's all we need. That's (laughs) that, that is it. That's however ways of messing them up. That is not one of them. Yeah. Um, but it is funny. So, I mean, very clearly it's like, Oh, I can tell he's the firstborn. I can tell he's the middle child and that's the baby of the family. And then it's interesting because all same sex and you and your, you have two sisters too. Mm -hmm. So I always think like, is this because trips the first or because he's a boy? Is this Lucy? just being a girl or is she the second? I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I just got one of each and oh. they're so different, Brittany. They are. So different. It's wild. Yeah. And it's like a Thunderdome in our house. Whew. I can't. <laughs> looks really fun. <laughs> I did watch a ton of your videos. They're really cute. You're so good at social media. Oh, thanks. How did you learn that? I and mom, I always joke, which um, Ryan Nyquist told me I should stop doing this, but I'm like, I'm too old to like, I don't know how to post stuff. And oh. I should stop saying that because you, you're doing it. You, oh, I'm, you're really good at it. I'm so old. And I, but I, I like fall in love with their little children on there. They're real cute and funny. You they know? are, they are funny. Yes. Um, and that's, I, I really hope they don't get squashed by, you know, a, t- a teacher yeah. or a coach or me or, you know, like, God, <laughs> me, I mean, you know. like yes, like um, let them be them. Yeah. Let them be you. Gosh. Um, but I, I, I feel very, I feel very my age on social media because I'm like, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't think I can do that. I, I don't think I'll the first reel I made, you should go watch it. It's horrifying. Like they're different time, like the snippets of time. Oh, there's like a fruit fly flying around. Get out of here. That's embarrassing. So sorry. <laughs> you know, all right, everyone, you know, when you're like, nobody else can see the fruit fly, but you can, it's like changing your eye contact and like you want to. Okay. Anyways. So good. So good. Oh, but I love this. I could keep going and going. This has been very fun. I know. Thank you so much. Okay. So we know how we can get involved with rocks how can people find you online because i think that they need to um it's just my name everywhere so Brittany joy fountain that's how i am on most socials um so i'm really just on linkedin and instagram i am on facebook Do you have TikTok? i don't have tiktok i'm that's in a same. business mastermind group and they were like you should start a tiktok and i'm like okay i don't <laughs> I don't know. If you start one, can you teach me? I have heard that really, I, I'm so fascinated. I think that it's like, well, I, for a little while, I thought that this was like the wave. Like we've got to learn. I listen to this podcast that they're obsessed with TikTok and the algorithms and how influential it can be. But then the, I don't know. I only read like the headlines of news, but I'm like, wait, is it going away? Like maybe I learn and then it gets canceled anyways. I have no idea. Do you know about this like chat, the new thing called Oh, shoot. Chat GPT. There we go. Yeah. How do we feel about this? So uh, as somebody who fancies a thought dump, right? That, <laughs> I, uh, what a way to put it. I know. I think <laughs> That was so cute. I um, I think, to your point, you, you said you read stuff that I put out there and you're like, oh, you can feel it. Yes. When I read something that's like AI generated, I'm like, well, that felt dead. And so fair. I yeah. am not convinced that AI is taking over all jobs and it's going to make people That's refreshing to hear. Yeah, I don't think that people are obsolete with this new technology because I'm like, we all know that that has no soul, <laughs> right? Like there's no it's soul so behind it. So confusing. Um, I went to this Toastmasters group which is this public speaking for they, they're different groups all around the states, but yeah. um and it was so interesting but the whole concept that day that I listened to people talk about was in regards to this and I I still can't fully grasp exactly what we're doing here. Yeah. But I, I was like, is this how Lucy Bright's going to write a paper in college one day? I think, I mean, perhaps, perhaps it'll prompt her, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know I, either. Yeah. I don't like talking about things I don't know about. <laughs> Why did I bring this up? <laughs> oh, but yeah, gosh. so you can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn, which are the two main places that I am with Brittany Joy Fountain. Um, my business is Brit Joy and Co. Um, so it's BritJoy.com. You can find me there. It. Um, I feel like I want you to come back on. There's so many things that we could so talk many. about. And so I always struggle with how long, how long do you think your average podcast, like if you're going to listen to podcasts, how long do you want it to be? Okay. I want it to be 45 minutes oh, or less. Fantastic. And, um, I'm okay with two parters. Um, so, so if it's longer than it's that, let's break it down longer than that. Break it up. So my first couple were like an hour and a half and I was like, Ooh, but it's really hard to manage. It is hard. I've gotten better. It's, it's wild. Hard. Like this internal thing in me is like, okay, we were at the 45 minute mark. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Cause I just keep going and going. Yeah. Which I think is fine. So, and invite people back, do part twos, do I oh, don't there, invite people back and tell us all why you didn't. <laughs> I was just gonna about to like throw on unsolicited shade. I'm like, wait, there are some people that leave and I'm like, I want to do this again. Like and sometimes I'm like, that was fun. We captured what I needed in yeah, 45 minutes. This is good. Um guys, thank you for staying tuned. I'm so excited about this next season. There um I already have a lot of fun guests booked. Um keep listening, keep supporting me. You can find me on Spotify at Bright Minds with Ashmon. If you follow me, like me, I would really appreciate it. It does something again to some algorithm that I can't quite understand, but I'm starting to learn more. So I appreciate all the feedback. Thanks, y'all.
Rock.